There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio on a Friday afternoon here in a very nice, actually quite uh, springy, Almost Johannesburg. Yes, I'm told it was supposed to be getting very, getting very cold over the weekend or something. But I live in the present, and right now it's very nice, so I'm enjoying enjoying that, and I'm sure you are too. I hope all of you who are been away are back and ba- are back from your holidays. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome back. It's good to have you back as we get ready for the sort of uh, the next season of our lives. This week, as we know, is Shabbos Mavarchim for Chodesh Av. So we're looking forward towards the nine days and the build-up towards towards Tishabov. Of course, completely theoretical because we still hope that if we merit the redemption coming within the next two weeks, you won't have to fast on Tishabov. And wouldn't that be just super? Isn't that something to hope for and and daven for on a on a daily on a daily uh, uh, basis? In the meantime, we are here, and there's so much. To discuss and so much to talk about. Let's talk with a nice little idea on on the uh, the parsha. There's a lot going on in in Pasha Pinchas, which is our our parsha. And uh, one of the things you read about in in the parsha is Vaidaber Moshe Hashem Leima Moshe Abenu speaks to Hakadosh Baruch Hu and saying Yifkoid Hashem Alokei Aruchos Lachabasa. May Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the God of all spirits of all flesh. Uh, uh, appoint a leader over the over the assembly over over Klal Klal Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu was reaching the stage where he realized that his life was was about to be over, and he was asking Hakadosh Baruch Hu to appoint a, a a worthy leader over the Jewish nation. And the the, the British Rabbah, the Medrash says that when Moshe Rabbeinu heard from Hakadosh Baruch Hu that. Uh, that the, that the, he would give a portion in the land when it says to the daughters of Tzlach of the when when when, uh, when uh, they counted the Jewish nation and they said these are the families these are the ones who are going to get a portion in the lands of the daughters of Tzlachot who were the only progeny of their of their father there were no sons so uh, they. They uh, they asked for a portion and received a portion. So when Moshe Rabbeinu heard that the daughters of Tzlavchad were were going to get a portion in the land, so he thought that uh, the time was now ripe for him to request from the Rebbeinu that his children should should inherit his position from him, because if the Bnei Tzlavchad, if daughters could inherit. Uh, 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 their, their, their father's position. So then it stands to, to reason that sons also should as well. And Shem Yisbarak told them, uh, uh-uh. uh, 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 the, uh, Knights Eteina, the, the, the one who guarded the, the free tree, the, the fruit tree will eat, will eat it through it, in, in Mishle. Yeshua is deserving of a reward for serving you and giving you honor. He set up the chairs and the tables in the base medrash. Since he served you faithfully with all of his strength, he deserves to lead to lead the Jewish nation. Now, 
this is a, a very, very interesting discussion. And in fact, there are several questions. First of all, we need to ask uh, uh, why this pasuk of Shlomo Melch Mishle, which uh, which uh, applies this this uh, marshal, this parable about the about the the fig tree. Why should that be? Uh, why should the is the dafka the guardian of the fig tree? Truth is, the guardian of any kind of a, of a tree should be able to eat its fruit. Why? What? Why is the marshal specifically about a a fig tree as as an example? Why not use the apple tree? The person who guards the apple tree will eat its uh, its fruit, or or pomegranate, or any other type of tree, or any other bread, any 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 type of 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 of, of fruit. So Rashi, uh, in his in his uh, parish at the beginning of Masechus Ovis, asks, "Why did Moshe pass on the Torah to Yeshua, rather than to Elazar, Pinchas, or the seventy Zakanim, all of whom were Nevi'im, they were all prophets, and they were all great men? What was so special?" about Yeshua, that the Torah was passed on specifically through him. So the Rashi there answers that Moshe only wanted to give over the Torah to someone who spent his entire life, from the very earliest days, uh, of being Moshe Nefesh giving of himself for Torah and spending all his time within the Oyal Torah in the tent of, of, of Torah and pursuing study and wisdom and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, earned, you know, a, a great name for himself. That was the kind of person that Moshe Abena wanted to give the, 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 uh, the Torah for. And that's, in fact, the, the, the person who best, who best suited that bill was Yeshua. In fact, as the, uh, the Torah says in, in Sefer Shemois, Yeshua ben Nun Nar, Yeshua ben Nun, who was at that point a lad, Lo Yomish Mitoch Oyel, didn't move from, from within, from within the, uh, the, 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 the tent. So the, uh, in the Sefer, Das Shraga from Roshava Grosbad, so he notes that we see from Rashi's words that the greatness of Yeshua what gave him this 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 this, uh, this uh, step above everybody else, above all others, was not simply that he was moist and nefesh, that he sacrificed himself for Torah and spent all of his time within the tents of Torah, because for sure, Pinchas and Elazar and all the other shivans that came him did that also. Rather, Rashi is stressing here that Yeshua had two additional aspects of greatness. Number one, he was with Tzaychael. He was within the tent from his very early days. And number two, he earned a good name for himself, which means that his outstanding midas, his outstanding character traits, and his excellence was clear and and uh, and uh, and visible and extended to everybody he was he was involved in so in this way Yeshua excelled above everyone else all the other candidates for the position even above the great pinchas about whom the pasuk says toiras emes hayabafiu the Torah of truth was in his was in his mouth 
we see that although both Yoshua and Pinchas were on the level of having Teiras Emes, Yeshua was found even superior in the fact that he had consistently toiled in Torah from his very, very early days. So we can understand the advantage of, of, of learning Torah even as a child by, in fact, if you look at, at the words that the Medrash says, Mino Urav, or, which means from, from his youth. So the, the, the Shairish of the words Minurav is the word Niyur, which means movement, which in fact uh, 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 symbolizes a kind of a Hisairus and an enthusiasm. And that's because obviously young people are full of energy and, and they have a drive to try all sorts of new things. And, and, for, and for that reason, in fact, the Gemara, uh, uh, the Medrash says in, in, in Echa, it's a toiv la gever ki posik says in echa toiv la gever ki yisa oil min urav. It's a good thing for a person to carry a yoke in his own in his own days. And the Gemara says this refers to the yoke of Torah and the yoke of a wife and the yoke of earth. You know, it's one's days of youth need to be used well, and the strength of a young person, right? That he has, he has, to, he has to utilize it. He has to make it count in 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 constructive types of types of of, of ways. I mean, in fact, uh, there's another pasuk in uh, in uh, in Mishle that talks about the fact that that foolishness is in a child's heart, and and the unfortunate is very that since a a child generally lacks. Common sense, as they say, common sense isn't actually so common. It takes a lot of work and thought to utilize those those young years properly and to overcome the kind of childish silliness and 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 uh, and you know spend those years within the 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 oil Torah within the tent of of Torah. We can say that when Chazal therefore praise Yeshua. Having spent his very, very early years within within the tents of Torah, even more than Yeshua and Pinchas, they were saying that he was superior to all of his other contemporaries because he had found a way to utilize even those young years, even those, so to speak, those childhood years to grow in Torah and and Hashem. And perhaps you can even say more that. This is perhaps the reason why the Torah refers to Yeshua as Naar, Elad. I mean, in fact, the Eben Ezra points out that when Yeshua is called a Elad in Parshas Kisisa, he was already a, a grown man of, of 58 years old. The Ramban explains that even though he was an adult, he was still called a Naar because the Pasuk is trying to emphasized us to bring out the point the source of what was it was that was Yeshua's greatness and why he merited being Moshe's successor. The fact that he was this lad who never left the tent meaning that he was learning he was toiling from his very early age was the source of his great of his great uh, success. And, and, and the limon of course for all of that is for a person to reach Greatness in Torah. So there's no shortcuts. There's no way around it. One has to exert himself 
to spend every part of his life within this oil Torah. And by doing so, one can attain a, 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 a status as if you've kind of a, a, a toiled in Torah from an early age. If one thoroughly and completely dedicates himself to Torah so he can reach this level and get, and get the fruits of that, uh, of that, of that labor. And perhaps that's, that's the concept of the fig, of the fig tree. Because the Medrash says that why is the Torah compared to a fig? Because most trees, let's say the olive and the grapevine and the date trees, so they have all of their fruits harvested at the same time. However, the fruits of the fig tree are picked in, in intervals. In fact, the, the Mishnah and Peah talks, talks about it. That's comparable to the Torah, which is learnt little by little, day by, by day. The Malbim, in fact, in, in Mishlei, adds that the fruits of the fig tree must be picked every morning before the sun begins to shine brightly. If they are not picked early enough, so then the, uh, the ripe fruit gets all wormy. And that's the difference, he says, between every other fruit tree and the fig tree. Every other fruit tree, it doesn't need constant, constant cares. One only needs to make sure that if you're there at the time when the, when the fruit gets ripe, you do the harvest and gain it, you're done. But for the fig tree, however, one has to be in the orchard every single morning for a long time until every single ripe fig is, uh, is picked. So from all of this, we can learn a very, very important limud that applies to every single one of us in our own Avodah Hashem. Every person needs to learn from the fig tree to be a masmin, to be diligent and to be consistently learn Torah every single day. It doesn't make a difference what level you're on. It doesn't make a difference whether you're learning simple Chumash or a bit of Mishnah or, a bit, or, or, or Gemara or, or something deep. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is that every day I'm applying myself to learn something, and they know, and they know holidays, and they know, and they know breaks. That's that's perhaps the beauty of of these programs, like a daf yomi, where you're learning something every single day because you get you get that that consistency through such constant dedication and effort. One eventually can reach Be'ez Hashem, a very very lofty lofty kind of kind of a kind of level, and and this power of, of consistency. Is, is, is very, 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 very strong. There's a beautiful Gemara in, uh, in Mesecha Sukkah where the Gemara says that in, in the beginning, the Yetzirah appears to a person like the strand of a, of a spider web. And ultimately, it's like the thick ropes of, of, of a wagon. And, and the way we, they, the Chazal explain this is that even though this spider web can become big and strong, if they're kind of folded over many, many times, so too the Yetzirah tries to seduce, tries to get people into its net with very small temptations. The, the Yetzirah is not going to come to a person and tell them to do something uh, gross and terrible on, on the first step. It starts with very, very small things. But if one allows oneself to fall privy to even those small things many times, so it becomes kind of 
uh, enmeshed in, in, in the webs of the, of the Yetzara, and, and these strands kind of pile up until they become a very, very strong bond. That's the power of consistency in, in, in Avera. And obviously, the consistency in, in any mitzvah, even a very small one, is even greater. If one's consistent in the mitzvah and never misses a day of performing it, so then he becomes bound to this mitzvah and it's, and it's, uh, and, 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 and it's Kedusha. We'll stop here now for a short break and then we'll carry on with our segment on Amir Le'akum. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Soul to Soul is the program and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. Welcome back to the show, as we always do at this time on the show, just to let you know the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. This afternoon, the latest time for getting your Shabbos candles lit and your Shabbos all in order to start is at 20 minutes past 5. 5.20 is the latest time. But by all means, get it done earlier. Get those candles burning a few minutes before that time. Start your Shabbos. Add a few minutes to the Shabbos. It's a mitzvah to, to add to the Shabbos to show how much we love it, how much we look forward to it, how much we anticipate the coming of Shabbos and grab a few extra extra minutes. And of course, with a little bit of planning, one can uh, uh, do it. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 12 minutes past 6. 6.12 is the end of Shabbos. This week is Shabbos Mavarchim. They said we are saying uh, Rosh Chodesh Benching for Rosh Chodesh Av. Rosh Chodesh Be'ez Hashem will be this coming week on Friday as we begin the period of the nine days leading up to uh, uh hopefully the theoretical uh, Tishbab. Therefore, this Shabbos is also the first of the uh, special Haftoiris that uh, where the, the Novi blasts us and gives us a little bit of Musa for the things we aren't doing right. We read actually the first parak of the book of Yemio uh, tomorrow, which is uh, stark, a bit, a bit of a heavy, heavy uh, Musa for our, our dereliction of, of our duty and what HaKadosh Baruch is going to do to us because, because of, uh, of, of that. So we are talking together a little bit about the laws of Amir La'akum, what it is that a non-Jew is, is allowed to do for one on, on, on Shabbos. So I want to talk a little bit today about what, what does one do in the situation where uh, you need something done uh, that is a mitzvah on Shabbos or something that is very, very necessary, very, very important. And if you wouldn't have it on Shabbos, there might be some kind of degree of, 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 of suffering, some kind of a, a situation that is, uh, that's difficult and, and, uh, and un, untenable. And we'll give a couple of, of examples. So in a situation where uh, I need a, a non-Jew to perform a particular activity for me, in order that I should be able to fulfill a mitzvah or on Shabbos, or if there is a, a need to to prevent pain or suffering or discomfiture for a person or or a some kind of a a, a loss. 
So Chazal permitted that we can actually request from a non-Jew to do the kind of activities that uh, that uh, rabbinically would be forbidden for a Jew to perform on Shabbos. So in one of these two situations, either the need to do a perform a mitzvah or in some other great need to avoid uh, danger or, or, or loss, one is allowed to request a non-Jew to do an activity which is only forbidden under rabbinic uh, edict. And, uh, and uh, uh, in, in halakhic terms, this type of activity is called a shvus de shvus, which means a a a, a drabonon on top of of a drabonon, which means we really have a, here a situation where we have a a mixture and and and, and a, perhaps a joining together of two rabbinic prohibitions, one on top of the other. First of all, that the fact that. The, the act that I am requesting the non-Jew to do is an act that even for a Jew to do, chas v'shalom, would only be a, a, a rabbinic prohibition. So that's already sort of downgraded on the level that we're not talking about a Torah prohibition. We're only asking him to do something that is forbidden by the rabbis. And number two, the entire prohibition of asking or requesting a non-Jew to do work for you on Shabbos, that in itself is only a rabbinic prohibition. So it's a rabbinic prohibition on top of a rabbinic pro- pro- prohibition. And, uh, and, and therefore, in this situation, the situation of a mitzvah, or in the situation of a great need, one is allowed then to make such a request. However, it is completely forbidden to, to request a non-Jew to do an activity that is forbidden by the Torah, let's say one of the 39 categories of work or something that fits directly underneath that as one of the subcategories, at, which is something which is forbidden by the, uh, by the uh, 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 Torah. And, and that would be forbidden even if I need it for an important uh, 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 mitzvah uh, even even you know a, a top priority kind of of mitzvah, I cannot ask a non-Jew to do something that is a Torah that is a Torah prohibition. Uh, pro- prohibition, even if it's a, I guess we call it a shas adachak, a a time where really it's 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 needed to do any kind of mitzvah, even if it's for the the public, the public good. I can I can get him to do a a, a rabbinic mitzvah, but not. A, uh, a Torah, a Torah, uh, 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 prohibition. Now, uh, oh, uh, now, however, the only time we see in, we see in, in, in halacha, sorry, the only time we see, we see in, 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 uh, in, in, in halacha that, uh, that, that, sorry, let me rephrase my steps, where it's just for the need of a mitzvah, there you cannot ask a, a non-Jew to do to do malach. In halacha, there are two times where we could even sorry, I'm, I'm, I was mistaken. Uh, uh, there are two times where one is allowed to request a, a non-Jew to do even a, a a a Torah mitzvah. One is 
for what the, what the halacha talks about is the mitzvah of being able to acquire property or secure rights in in the uh, in the uh, kedusha of of the holy land of of eretz of eretz Yisrael, that's allowed, or what it's really really a situation of a a public mitzvah where it's something that's not one person needs it, but the whole community needs something done to facilitate them being able to perform a. Uh, a, a, a mitzvah. So there, in that, in that, uh, in that situation, their chazal were were lenient, and and they permitted us to request from a goy, even to do something that is forbidden from from the from the Torah. Or another example where chazal allowed is in a situation of a a serious loss, a, a large loss, and of course that's a very individual. Uh, a question that needs to be clarified by a by a basic what is considered to be a big loss, what is the quantity necessary for something to be a big loss there too Chazal uh, allowed us to request from a non jew to do something that is forbidden even from the Torah because Chazal were worried that if we don't allow a, a, a Jew to do it, a, a non-Jew to do it for us, and we don't allow us to ask the non-Jew to do it, God forbid a person will be so upset and so out of sorts by the fact that he needs that, that, uh, that, uh, Malachah done, he'll come and, and, uh, and break Shabbos by, by, uh, himself. We're going to, uh, uh, spend a little more time talking about this after the break, but we need to go and do some business. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. we got another segment coming up, so don't run away. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back on your radio here on Friday afternoon in Johannesburg as part of the Soul to Soul Network, which, by the way, as you, I'm sure you know, is on the air every day, weekday from Monday to Friday between 1 and 3 p.m. Some of the premier presenters in the Torah world of Johannesburg impart their wisdom, share insight, share knowledge, share all types of areas of Chumash, of Halakha, of Jewish thought and philosophy. Make sure you're available at that time. Tune your radio, at least for those two hours, to the station and allow yourself to be inspired. So we're talking about situations where a uh, it is permitted to ask a non-Jew to do work for you. And we say we're talking about in a situation of either a, a, a public mitzvah or a great a great loss and of course we'll de- we'll deal with uh, many of these things in in greater detail a little bit a little bit later but just a couple of examples to tide us over in the meantime so uh it is it is permitted to tell a non-jew let's say uh Allah brings if it's Rosh Hashanah morning and you need uh you need a, a shafer to blow and you discover that for some reason uh, the community shafer is uh, stuck up in a tree somewhere and someone needs to go up 
and retrieve it so that you can blow the shofar on on Yontif Rosh Hashanah. So you're allowed to actually instruct a non-Jew to climb up and bring the tree down, uh, bring the shofar down from from the tree in order that you'll be able to to blow it on on Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because since the prohibition of using or climbing a tree is only a rabbinic uh, a prohibition because we're afraid that someone might come to tear off a a branch and that's in the Shulchanarach and in Simon Shin, Shin Zion. So therefore, again, there is only a rabbinic prohibition. Therefore, we were allowed to ask a non-Jew to, to uh, do that activity for us. Uh, another example would be that one's allowed to ask a non-Jew, let's say you need to make Kiddush and you suddenly discover there's no wine in the, uh, in the house, so you want to send a non-Jew to bring you some wine for, for Kiddush, or you're having a minion somewhere and you suddenly realize there no, there no Sidurim to, uh, to Davin, you need to get him to come and bring you Bring you a, 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 a sidurim, provided that he's going to bring you sidurim, will make him only traverse through an area that is not an area which is uh, forbidden to carry minatayra. It's not a, a duly constituted rishusarabim, but only a a kamlis, which is a public area, but not officially designated as a as a rishus Where again. The prohibition to carry there is only a, uh, a, a rabbinic one. Then you'd be allowed to ask the non-Jew to bring the Sadurim or bring the Kiddush wine so that you can do the mitzvah. Since again, the prohibition that you ask them to violate is only a rabbinic pro- prohibition. Another example, uh, would be, let's say, uh, you need the, the, the guy to bring you some, some foods. Uh, uh again, via, via a caramelist, some food that you need. Uh, 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 for the meal, they're, they're your main course, the major parts of the, of the meal, and without those components, you really don't have much of, of a meal, and that's what you're going to fulfill the midst of Einik Shabbos with that, with that, uh, food. Then you'd be allowed to ask the non, uh, the non-Jew. But things that are not, if you forgot the no, the nuga somewhere, you would not allow to be, ask a, a non-Jew to go and, and fetch that because the, the meal can carry on very well without that and therefore that's not considered the mitzvah and therefore one would not be allowed to ask the non-Jew to, to break Shabbos for, for, for that. And, uh, it's coming time where we have to go and get our Shabbos Already remember that the latest time for candlelighting again today is at 20 minutes past past five, and uh, make it a great Shabbos. Make it a Shabbos. I told you it's Shabbos Mavarchim. Make it a Shabbos of family unity. Make it a Shabbos where you stay all kinds of warmth and and have some wonderful Einik Shabbos and some wonderful covered Shabbos and and some Torah, some Torah growth and just a warm, 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 big thank you to each and every one of you for joining us for turning on your radio to Chayatam being part of our radio family and being inspired by our Torah that we share over the airwaves and just as we leave you for another week to wish each and every one of our entire family a Good Shabbos and a Shabbat Shalom, and we look forward to seeing you again in the coming week.